Pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Also available on YouTube. This is our first week on YouTube. We've had five full episodes on YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. If you're the, if this is the first episode you listen to all week, we've been on YouTube all week. Just search Locked On Blazers. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Support the show. I would really, really appreciate it. Today's episode is also the latest installment of our Locked on Blazers countdown to tip off. We're dedicating a full episode to every player on the roster, giving you a brief but thorough look at what they'll bring to the Trailblazers. We'll look at how they performed last season, how they wound up on the Trailblazers. We'll explore best and worst case scenarios for the upcoming year, and we'll finish the episode with a discussion of expectations and likely role on this season's squad. This is the fourth installment of our countdown to tip-off, so make sure you check back in your feed for the other ones. We've already done Yusuf Nurkic and Nazir Little, and yesterday we had CJ McCollum. Today we're talking all things big handsome. So let's dive deep on what newcomer Cody Zeller did during his eighth season in the league. Zeller played for the Charlotte Hornets last year, uh, a career Charlotte basketball player, both a Bobcat and a Hornets. But in his eighth season in the league last year with the Bob with the Bobcats, excuse me, with the Hornets, he averaged 9.4 points and 6.8 rebounds in 20.9 minutes a game. He p- appeared in 48 games, including 21 starts, shooting 55.9% from the floor and 71.4% from the free throw line. If you're into it, he also went 4 of 28 from 3. That's good enough for 14%. Zeller, who turns 29 next week, happy birthday to Cody Zeller on October 5th, he began his 8th season with the Charlotte Hornets as the team's starting center. That's what he was going to be. He was solid. He'd been it before. He was going to be it again. But in the third quarter of the opening night of the season, he sustained a fractured bone in his left hand while fighting for a rebound with Cavs big man Andre Drummond. And less than 19 minutes into his eighth NBA season, Zeller was headed for surgery and an extended stay on the injury list. Zeller sustained that injury that was opening night. That was on December 23rd. And he was he missed the next 13 games. And when he returned to action, he initially came back in reserve role. That was on January 22nd. Basically missed a month. Fractured, fractured a bone in his hand. Missed a month. Comes back a month later. And initially he came off the bench for the first three games and then he was inserted back into the starting lineup. Uh, and he started the next 14 games. Like he was, he was the starting, starting center on opening night. He was going to be the starting center again. And over that next 14 games, he showed that he can be um, pretty darn solid, averaging 10.6 points, 8.2 boards and 2.6 assists in 25.6 minutes a night. Zeller, you know, proved what he could be as, as a starter. But then a left hip injury knocked him out of the next four games. He would return the following week only to miss a next couple games with a shoulder issue. It was a a bunch of different things for Zeller. So he returned for the shoulder issue on March 24th, and by then he just lost his starting role. The the Hornets were going in another direction. They were playing smaller with P.J. Washington in the center. They were playing a lot of Bismack Biombo minutes and and sort of the non-small ball minutes, and they were just... um, they had moved in another direction that didn't include Zeller because he had missed parts of about a month. So... After he uh, after he came back from the from the hip and shoulder in- injuries, he came off the bench in 25 of the next 30 games and picked up a couple DNPs in there, five DNPs over the final 30 games of the season. He was a productive, if unspectacular, bench player. Like when he got minutes, he played pretty well. And in, in fact, five of his eight double doubles on the season came as a reserve role in that sort of, or as a reserve in that late season bench role. Like he he came off the bench, he still did what he does, which is um, he's just solid. 
Uh, Zeller actually played 30 minutes off the bench in the Hornets' final game of the season, their play-in game against the Washington Wizards, which they lost. And uh, the Wizards win by five, and Zeller's last game as a Hornet ended quietly without a postseason visit. In eight years in, with the Hornets, he's played in two, two playoff series. And that was it. Zeller entered free agency. In the opening hours of free agency, he agreed to a one-year veteran minimum deal with the Portland Trailblazers. Left the franchise that drafted him fourth overall in 2013 for greener pastures in the Pacific Northwest, or at least wetter ones out here where it rains a lot. So that's that was what Zeller did in the 2020-21 season. He's here now, a long career in Charlotte and a solid one. And now he's headed after being a high lottery pick in the same draft that the Blazers selected CJ McCollum. He's headed out here to Portland. And what I want to do in the second segment is talk about what he'll what Zeller will be like with the Trailblazers. Uh, we're going to go through best case and worst case scenarios, kind of laying out to what the ideal of Cody Zeller looks like and what kind of, if things go south, what's, what's the worst case scenario that Zeller will be like. That's what we'll do in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you about Indeed. Look, when hiring gets hard, you need Indeed. It can be a challenge. And Indeed takes the challenge out of it. It's the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of that in one place. Even the interviewing part. So don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Plus, with Indeed assessments, you can choose from 135 skills tests to help make sure you're finding applications from people with the skills that you need. And according to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Join the more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. That's Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is also brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that there is. And look, Built Bar's got some fun new flavors that it's time to get excited about, like cherry lime and mint marshmallow. Also, coconut almond. That always goes with some of the classics. You'll get like raspberry and double chocolate and mint brownie. My personal favorite, cookies and cream and, or cherry barcia. Listen, all kinds of great flavors and new ones popping up. So make sure you're checking to build.com so you can see the limited time flavors and, and don't miss them. No matter what you are looking for there, whatever your flavor palette is, all of these are going to pack a punch. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and no more than 5 grams of net carbs. All tasty, all healthy. Go get yourself some. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. So we went over Cody Zeller's season in review. 
48 games, an early starter for the Charlotte Hornets, then with with some injuries and the kind of the team going in another direction and playing, quite frankly, just a little bit of a different style, he, he was uh, reduced to a reserve role down the stretch for a team that was probably better than most people thought they would be, and Zeller was what he is, uh, just solid as hell. When he played real minutes, he was a 10-8 and eight guy. When he played reduced minutes, or, you know, he was like a, he was an 8-5 and five guy. All that leads to... 9 and 7 and 20 minutes, a just truly dependable backup center. And I want to talk about that because he's probably going to be playing a very similar role here with the Portland Trailblazers. But what I want to lay out here in the second segment is the best and worst case scenarios. And I want to be clear, we do we do caveats here at the beginning of this segment on each episode because I it, it's to me it's important. These are best case scenarios within reason. Uh, we aren't going to talk about Cody Zeller winning the MVP because that's not a reasonable scenario for Cody Zeller. He's he's a darn good basketball player. He is not an MVP level NBA uh, NBA contributor. That's just not what he is. And we're talking about uh, worst case scenarios without injuries. This is stuff that happens on the basketball court. We only want we want to couch these worst case scenarios by stuff that happens between the lines. You know. Uh, MVPs and injuries are, are obviously the best case scenario for everybody, but we want these to be within reason and without injury. So what's the best case scenario for Cody Zeller? Well, it's that he is a highly competent backup to Yusuf Nurkic, who plays well enough that fans start sending in thoughts to me via at Mike G. Rich on Twitter or my email address, lockdownblazerspod at gmail.com, or in the comments section of this very YouTube video, Start thinking about crazy two-center lineups. Or maybe uh, Cody Zeller plays so well that there's wild ideas of moving Nurk to a six-man role because the big handsome is just so darn solid. The best-case scenario is that Cody Zeller is a superb pick-and-roll partner for whatever Blazers guard he's paired with, setting his brand of monster screens and making smart decisions as a playmaker and a roller when he gets the ball in his hands. The best case scenario is that the Blazers, who enjoyed a very good but very different backup center in Ennis Cancer last year, don't miss that man. Instead, Zeller replaces him and they they begin to celebrate him. Indiana's own because of his solid defense and a variety of schemes, playing in a little bit of drop coverage, playing at the level, being able to switch, doing a bunch of different stuff on defense. And Zeller's size and athleticism and defensive IQ and IQ on both ends, quite frankly, prop up the Blazers bench unit and allow the Blazers to be an above average defense for all 48 minutes instead of the defensive lulls that were so common with the second unit last season. The best case scenario is that Zeller is... A well-appreciated bargain, an elite backup good enough to start in a pinch, asked to play a reserve role, and he keeps the Blazers humming on both ends of the floor when he's in there. The best case scenario for Cody Zeller is that you don't really notice him. You say, oh, Zeller's in. We're going to keep it this thing rolling. Like it, it, He'll have some plays that are spectacular and fun, but he's just so darn solid that you don't have to worry. The best case scenario for Cody Zeller is that the the number one thing you think about him is he is dependable. You can count on him. You don't have to worry about backup center minutes. You don't have to worry about a spot start here and there because you have a center who you can go to and know what you're going to get. He's not going to do things outside of his skill set and the things that he does, he does, he does really, really well. He's dependable. The best case for Cody Zeller is that he just continues to be a workman-like center like he's been for his first eight seasons in the league. Solid as heck and reliable too. 
The worst case for Cody Zeller is the other is obviously the other end of the spectrum. We start with the best case and go to the worst case here because maybe I'm a little more comfortable being pessimistic. Maybe that's just how uh, how this particular show works. But I think the I think the worst case scenario for Cody Zeller is that all the bumps and bruises he's had throughout his career kind of catch up with him, and he isn't the dependable athlete and loses a step on defense. This isn't that he's injured and misses time. This is just that age and miles and. Uh, and issues here and there make him half a step slower and half a step slower means that he is what he once was was a really impressive ability to switch and to get out and guard and, and recover and get back and strong enough to bang with the biggest bodies inside that he isn't quite that on either end the worst case scenario is that his total lack of range on offense matters and instead of a pick and roll release valve he becomes a screener that teams don't fear and one that teams say we dare you to punish us. We dare you to make a play. Cody Zeller becomes a guy who gets the ball in his hands more often than he would like because other teams don't fear what he does on offense. The worst case scenario is that the Blazers are forced to go small simply because Zeller isn't the answer and that teams with real size can all of a sudden punish the Blazers' second units that prefer to play smaller since the player that they signed to let them play bigger proves not to be a viable option. The worst case for Cody Zeller is that you do notice him. And you notice him in the way that sometimes you noticed Ennis Cantor last year and you said, whew, boy, how many minutes till Nurk gets back out here because this isn't going right. The worst case scenario is that that reliability, the dependability, the sort of things that the solidness that make Cody Zeller such an intriguing option. Not that he has the superstar ability, but that he just has a dude who you can say, book it, we know what we're getting from him doesn't come up. He lacks that dependability, relaxes that reliability. He's not going to be, it's hard to imagine the bottom falling out. And the worst case for, for Zeller isn't that he's just unplayable. The worst case is that he's just not a, he's just not a net positive. That uh, his sort of brand of pretty good offense and pretty good defense becomes maybe subpar on one end, making him a net negative when he's on the court. The worst case for Cody Zeller is that he isn't, he isn't that dependable capital D that you really want from your backup center and that the Blazers' lack of center depth, the lack of size up front, starts to be a problem. And you start to say, is there another solution here? And realizing that there isn't. The worst case scenario is that you get to the trade deadline and you start thinking about how the Blazers can continue to add to that front court because they clearly need help at that position. Like with all of these folks, uh, we this like I said, this is our fourth uh, countdown to tip-off that we've done with these player capsules where we're running through the similar format for uh, every player on the roster. We're going to go through every single guy on the team. This is number four. Um, everyone's going to land in the middle. Like I, I, I create these in, in my sort of, in my brain and in my word doc uh, to have them be the realistic polls, right? Like this is the best case scenario is that Cody Zeller is the best backup center in the NBA. And the worst case scenario is that he is not a capable player. Like he just can't play. He just can't play on a good team. Like th those, those are the polls. Everyone lands in the middle. And Zeller is very likely to land in the middle too. What I want to talk about in the third segment to close the show is where is that middle? Like if, if, if the poll, if he's unlikely to hit either of the polls, where in that sort of middle area is Cody Zeller likely to land? And I also want to talk about what his role will be on the Blazers. Uh, I, I think we kind of know the basics of it, but we'll unpack it a little bit more in that third segment. But before we get there, let's talk about betonline.ag. It's just the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
That's what it is. It's the best and easiest place to get in on sports betting. If that is something you want to do, go to betonline.ag right now and check out their odds on every every game that's happening tonight and future bets, props on almost anything you can imagine, contests running all the time if you want to get in sort of larger bets on various sports that you're into. It's also a great time to get in on, on football betting. College football's here. The NFL's here, and if you sign up right now and you use the promo code NFL100, you will get a dollar-for-dollar match on your first deposit. So if you are a new customer, someone who's never used BetOnline before, but you've heard me talk about it a bunch in this podcast, and you say, hey, maybe this is something I want to get into, do it now. Like, don't wait for me to get another promo code. They're not going to—it's very unlikely to find a better deal than this. So go go use the promo code NFL100 right now, dollar for dollar match. You can put, you put whatever money you put in, bet online will match you. It's a pretty good deal. And it's we're heading into the weekend. It's a great time. If you're someone who wants to bet on football, it's a great time to do it. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked On Blazers. We talked about Cody Zeller's. 2020-21 season, his final year with the Charlotte franchise. A rare Bobcat Hornet, Cody Zeller. We talked about his best case and worst case scenarios. Well, his best case scenarios is the best backup center in the league. His worst case scenario is that he's not capable of being a backup center in the league anymore. What I want to talk about here to close the show is your best is is reasonable role and expectations. Let's get sort of the the role out of the way first. I, I think that's that's we know. Uh, if you don't know, Cody Zeller is going to be the backup center. I've already said it a bunch, but uh, for the most part, I think um, the Blazers have a bunch of defined roles on this team already. Even though we're like uh, entering the final the, the the first week of training camp, the first week of of traditional practice, like. Many of the roles on the team are already defined. The starters are known, uh, I'll say them again here in case you don't know, is Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic. Those five aren't going to change. I think off the bench, there's three players that are definitely going to play a bunch. Anthony Simons is going to play a bunch. Larry Nance Jr. is going to play a bunch. And Cody Zeller is the eighth guy who's going to play a bunch. He's not the eighth man, necessarily. Like, I, those three are kind of interchangeable as like big minutes off the bench. But I think the top eight is totally fixed for the Blazers right now. And Zeller is totally fixed. Um, he's not a versatile guy to play next to Nurk. I joked about it in the best case, worst case scenarios is that he might play well enough where people are like, what about two centers? You ever think of that? There was a time a while ago when people used to say, what if Myers Leonard played small forward? This was a wild time. It was called 2015. Um, when tall people play well, people get excited about putting more talls on the court. Um, Zeller can't do that. And it's uh, he can't shoot. Um, it's He's a center. He's a center and he's a backup center. He can play. He could start at center if you need him to, like in a pinch. He could be a pretty reasonable starting center. Um, I think the Blazers getting my minimum contract is a really good deal. Like, legitimately good value for for um for what he is because he's a he's a guy who got paid a bunch of money you know he got paid uh seven figures by the by the uh hornets to to like be their starting center he was pretty darn good never spectacular never like pushing an all-star team but like a reasonable starting player for the in the league for uh several seasons it's mostly been health that has held him back so he's his role he's like a um you know, if we're if you want to put like a hard number on it, I would say twenty two minutes a night as as uh, as the backup center. 
that that would be my that would be sort of my guess. Uh, assuming that the Blazers don't play a ton of small ball, he, he could you know dip down to like 20 minutes a night if the Blazers play some minutes with with a non-traditional center on the court, which I'm in favor of. Um, I just don't know if you can do that every single night. So I, I'd say like a 22 minute night guy off the bench as your backup center. What my expectations are for Cody Zeller is like that he will not. He, to me, Zeller is just so dependable that if he's if he's on the court and healthy and ready to play, he's not going to go near his his uh, worst case scenario. Like he's too good, um, he's too good to not work out because he doesn't he just doesn't do a bunch of dumb stuff. Like he's not going to play beyond he he understands what he is. He's not going to play beyond his skill set, and he's not going to be asked to play beyond his skill set. So it's like his he's going to be asked to play a backup role, limited minutes to backup center, and I think he's going to be really good at it. Like I I think he's like a I think you can just like book him for nine and seven. I really do. Like nine points and seven rebounds. I think you can just just go ahead and put it in sharpie as as. Uh, as they famously said before the UMBC upset of Virginia, that's Sharpie right there. So yeah, like I, I'm, I'm a believer in Cody Zeller just being solid as heck, solid as heck. So I don't think he touches his worst case scenario. Um, I, I think his pendulum, I think he is so, to me, my read on Zeller is that he is so dependable that he just swings away from any worst case scenarios. He just doesn't get there. You just don't, you just, it doesn't, um, you know, if he's healthy, he's just not going to tease to unplayable. He's not going to, he's not going to lean towards un, unplayable. He's just too, he's just too dependable. I think I'm a, like I said, I'm a big believer that, that Cody Zeller is like a, a legitimately very solid basketball player. So, um, my ex my expectations for him is that he is that, uh, he is, he is not a spectacular guy. Um, but he is he he does what he does and he does it well. Uh, there's, this is from media day, uh, CJ McCollum was talking about like, you know, guys that had impressed him. And he mentioned that um he, he liked what Cody Zeller brought, and you can kind of just tell that he's just is a dirty work type of guy and a hustle type of guy. And one of the examples he used is that in pickup games, Cody Zeller was taking charges. Come on, dog. If any of you have played pickup basketball regularly, you know if someone takes a charge in like a non-refereed game that it is it is um it's a way to maybe get into a fist fight. Like guess that's that's deeply uncool. But it's also like exactly who I think Cody Zeller is. He's just gonna do what he does. He's not a shot blocker and he never has been. And I think that's part of the sort of uh worst case scenario thing is that he's he's not an elite shot blocker. He's not a steals guy. He's a he's a position he's a big position defender who's a really good athlete despite being like a bald white guy. Uh there was he he I remember coming he was like a really, really good athlete in high school and coming out of the draft he um he had like a the fastest cone drill above for anyone over six foot nine and everyone was surprised and it's like I know that he's like a white guy with thin hair, even at 20, but like he's, he's a really, really good athlete. And when he was young, he was a crazy good athlete. He's that's diminished a little bit as he's gotten older, but he's still, um, you know, for, for a guy, his size, he still moves, he moves pretty well. And he, and he uses that, that movement, not to be a rim protector, um, not to sky above the rim. Um, you know, occasionally he'll have like a powerful dunk or whatever and load up and, and show you that athleticism, but mostly just to be in the right spot. Like he's, um, he can guard on switches and he can, and he can get out to the level and recover. Like he's got good feet and he's got good instincts. That's why I don't think his, he's near, he's going to be near that worst case scenario because I just think he's too good. Like, I just think he's too good. Um, I, I don't think like, you know, best case scenario where he's like pushing Yusuf Nurkic for the starting role. I don't think he'll get there either. Um, I'm, 
probably think just Nurk is just straight up way better than he is. But um, I, I think I think Zeller can. I really do believe Zeller's just so solid. The other thing uh, is that I do think Cody Zeller has more playmaking chops than maybe he's shown uh, in that stretch last year for the Hornets when he was starting and regularly playing. When he uh, when he came back from the broken hand, he was averaging almost three assists a game and twenty five minutes a night. Uh, that's like he's he can make decisions out of the pick and roll. Like you can, he's not this like elite dribble handoff, run it, you know, run uh, stuff through him at the high post. But like, if he sets really mean screens, and when you get you feed him the ball, it's like he talked about being in the pocket, right? So that's like that space between as you roll, that sort of um, that that space between where the help defense comes and and the defenders trying to get out and around that screen, throwing that that pat that little pass in sort of the pocket created by setting a solid screen. He talked about being a playmaker and a decision maker there, and I think that's another spot where I think Cody Zeller can can thrive. Is he going to be like Nikola Jokic? No. Is he going to average five assists a game? No. Is he going to average the most assists of centers on the Blazers roster? No, but that doesn't mean not everything has to be a superlative. He's good at it. Like he's, he, he can contribute there. And I think people are going to like Cody Zeller because he plays hard. Um, and he, he does a lot of little things. And like I said, he's not going to play outside of himself. Um, he's, you know, he was, he's for what they got him for the minimum for a backup center. Cody Zeller is, is a, just a really, really solid get for the Blazers. Does he raise the ceiling dramatically? No, but he keeps the floor at a sort of level of competency that this team really needs, and they're going to be thankful to have him. That is our Cody Zeller preview. Like I said, uh, we are run through every single one on every single player on the Blazers roster. We'll run through all 14. They only have 13 signed, but the, by the time we finish this exercise, they'll have signed a 14th player. Uh, if, this is our fourth. If you missed the other ones, Yusuf Nurkic, Nazir Little, and CJ McCollum waiting in your feed. Just search search the feed wherever you got this. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, the CJ McCollum one is on YouTube. Uh, eventually, I will get the other ones up there for you in, in some form or fashion. Do me a favor. Two things. One, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Do that right now. Uh, if you've made it this far in the episode, you in, you either enjoy this or you're someone who listens to it enough. You've listened to enough to go subscribe on YouTube. Do me a favor. Um, even if you're not going to, even if you're never going to watch on YouTube, I'm just asking you out of the kindness of your heart, subscribe to the channel. It helps. It, it'll help it grow. The more subscribers, more people interact with it, help it grow. I want to grow the channel. I, I want this to be. Uh, I want this to be available in several places. But nothing has changed with the podcast. So tell your friends about it. It's available wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Blazers play a preseason game next week. Monday show will be coming out on Sunday afternoon. In the Monday show, we will talk about what we learned from the first week of training camp and what to watch. In that first preseason game, what to watch for in the first game that Chauncey Billups will be the Blazers head coach, albeit a fake one. Should be a lot of fun. We'll also have Mailbag Monday. we got an interview lined up. Casey Holdall is joining the program next week. We'll look for that one. Trying to line up one on it. One other interview, too. It's basketball season. We're getting guests back on the podcast. It's a ton of fun. I'm hyped. Hope you are, too. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>